having this this opportunity and understanding you know how much all this stuff was going to cost and, and this this investor was a friend of my best friend who was just murdered a friend of their family right so i really didn't want to let him down what's going on y'all welcome back to the struggle to strength podcast your source for real life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind muscle and money we started off today with a pretty pretty wild story about how he uh dude got that was started. crazy yeah, yeah that was crazy i mean talk about like the universe uh giving you like an ultimate challenge to overcome uh in like a pretty pretty dark way and then creating something epic out of it yeah uh yeah steve uh so we have steve lavik on today uh who has endured i mean dude he's the definition of a struggle to strength podcast he's endured a lot of struggle in his life over the past 10 years um but we're very i feel like he's very similar to us yeah like he really made the most of it he came to a fork in the road you know he had an opportunity he took it and he started building uh his business and you know building more fulfilling relationships with his life and so it's interesting to listen to how he did that and then it also, I don't know about you, Trav, but it gave me a little bit of reassurance of like, oh, you are doing the right thing. Like the things that have happened to you and that the way that you responded to them, they are normal. Um, and it also, we started talking about like ways that we've used what we've learned from our challenges to now facilitate better structure to our life to be more successful moving forward, which I think mm -hmm. is always super helpful to hear, like different, yeah. st different strategies to be organized because none of us were organized people. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. yeah. Great tips. Great tips near the end of like, just how we all stay organized when in like this entrepreneurial type of life where every day is a, you know, it's up to you to be on it, top of it. <laughs> yeah. It can be a shit show. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you're the type of entrepreneur who uh, like feels like you're constantly rushed and like constantly late to things, even though you're not, and you're always looking for something to do and you feel a little bit disorganized, this is going to be a good episode for you to listen to just to get a little bit of insight into how we operate, how I do, how Travis does, how Steve does, how they're similar, how they're different. Give you some ideas how uh, you might be able to improve your productivity just by implementing a few simple strategies. So uh, this was a great conversation. Steve, thanks again for coming on. We appreciate you, dude. And uh, we'll see you guys inside. Honestly, let's just hop into it. You've endured yeah. a lot of struggle uh, throughout your life. And I think I relate to you on a, on a level that you probably developed some, it looks like coping mechanisms that may not have served you. And I certainly did too when I was younger. Um, and then they've transitioned. And so I'm curious to, to hear a little bit more about just like the general outline of your story, who you are, how you got here. And then um, I'd like to dive into how you found yourself in those coping mechanisms, how you pulled yourself out of it, and then how you sort of um, like divert that attention. And I mean, to me, you can turn that into a superpower. Like if you have an addictive personality like I do you can yeah. turn that into a superpower. So I'd love to hear your story on all that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start from the beginning. I feel yeah, like I've sure. been through a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, you know, grew up an athlete, right? So luckily for me being an athlete, it took me away from kind of a toxic home environment. Uh, I didn't really know it at the time being just kind of young and naive, but being an athlete, playing all the sports, doing all the activities, you know, going, going to school at seven 30 in the morning, not getting home till you know eight o'clock at night with all the activities kept me away from, 
drugs, alcohol, family members in and out of rehab and prison, things like addictive personalities, gambling, the whole thing, right? So uh, luckily for sports, took me out of that. And because of sports, it got me into training, right? So <clears throat> wasn't the biggest, fastest or strongest athlete out there. So I had to earn literally everything that I was able to do from an athletic standpoint. And so that's where I fell in love with training from a young age carried on with sports throughout high school and college, kept the, kept up with the training, ended up study, studying exercise science while I was in college. And I ended up not really by choice. I'll, I'll be extremely honest. I was on the five-year plan in college. I wasn't the poster child for success when it came to uh, academics. And I, I can get more into that and kind of my addictive personality kind of filters into that as well. But while I was in school, I was in my fifth year and I had a roommate and uh, he was randomly assigned to me a couple of years prior. So we'd been living together for about four years at this point. And this is where kind of my story kind of turns. And he was like my brother. He was he was my best friend. He was like a brother to me. And to, to sum up the story as quickly as I can, uh, he had just graduated. He had gotten a job right out of school as a teacher. He was an elementary school teacher. And he was president of the educational club at the college that we went to the year prior, his senior year. And so they were doing an event that he went and attended to because he obviously still knew a lot of the students that were there um, just to meet up with the group. They ended up going out afterwards. So it was like a bowling event. They ended up going to out, out downtown um, after in our in our town, in, in the town where the college is at, uh, which is in Naperville. And uh, so they're at this bar. There was an altercation with another student at, at the bar that like two guys were just kind of going back and forth. So Sean, who's my best friend, uh, he and another one of our great friends, Brad, saw this going on. So they went to go try to just remove the other student that they knew from the situation, right, to deescalate the situation. They sit down at this booth with them. They end up getting them to shake hands. And right after they shake hands, this dude across the table pulls out like a tactical grade switchblade, right? Where, where you press the button and the, 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 the blade pops out, reaches across the table and stabs the other uh, student, the, the one that my best friend knew, right in the chest. And this dude was so lucky that the blade, you know how your heart rests right on top of your diaphragm? The blade went between the two. And, and this, wow. this other guy survived, luckily. Um, they were all stunned, obviously, when this happened. And the the guy who stabbed the other student just tried to walk out of the bar. My best friend went after him. It's kind of unclear from the security footage what exactly happened. It looked like my friend Sean was kind of reaching out, probably yelling at him to stop. Uh, once he got close, the guy with the knife turned around stabbed him right through the heart and pretty much died uh, moments later. And so <clears throat> literally, so so he was like my best friend, my brother. Uh, we were still living together. Literally his bed was like two feet across from mine. Um, and so we were very, very close. And I was a per and I still am a person who I don't have, I choose not to have like a million friends, you know, I choose kind of my group really closely. And so we were really close and one of my few really good friends and, you know, I did not handle this well at all. And this, uh, this is where I went into kind of depression, alcoholism, uh, and kind of down through a downward spiral. And, and luckily, I had met my girlfriend, who's now my wife at, at the time, we had just started dating uh, just three weeks prior to Sean getting killed. 
And so she knew who I really was, right? So she knew who I was before all this happened. And this was about a almost a year period of time where I, I went downhill and, and uh, until I finally hit bottom. And there, you know, I, I ran into this fork in the road moment where uh, my one of my other best friends it was his birthday, and she was invited uh, to the party. We hadn't seen each other for a couple of weeks at this point. We were on one of our our uh, you know periods of time where we just weren't talking. And I saw her at this party and it was like a sign from God or the universe or whatever that was just telling me that this literally is your last chance. And it was a fork in the road moment for me because I was either going to go one way or another. I was either going to continue down the spiral of just drinking every day and wasting my life and surrounding myself in, in the wrong environment, or I was going to try to talk to her into giving me a, another chance. And luckily she agreed to meet with me. And I, I flat out told her, I, I said, listen, and I think this is why, I know this is why she gave me a chance. I literally told her that, listen, if I ever treat you in any way, like I have over the last several months, I want you to run as far away from me as you can, but I want to give this one more shot. And so she, she did. And I started showing signs of heading in the right direction. And then um, all the while during this time, I was training. I was training people. I had already started training people on my own. I'd actually started a, um, technically I started my business during this time as well without really knowing it. Right. So, um, I was, I spent all my money on equipment. I turned a, basically a barn into a, a little gym, uh, where I was training people out of. And, um, about a year and a half later is when, our actual facility opened. Uh, so we, we, I went from this barn to turning my life around and within a year and a half got an uh, opportunity uh, with investor that I can tell you about here in a second uh, as well, because it connects to Sean. I wouldn't have met him. Uh, I met him through Sean essentially. And um, yeah, within a year and a half, we opened up our gym and that was back in October of 2013. So, um, you know, coming That's up awesome. on 10 years. Yeah. So Tried to condense the story as much as I could, but yeah, you know, that, you know, there's obviously a lot of details um, that you can really dive deep into there, but that that's kind of in a nutshell, my story, what kind of started the whole process and and kind of where we're, you know, where we're at now. Man, that is a, that is a wild story. And <clears throat> Travis and I talk about this a lot. You know, I, I feel like there's a couple different types of people. Some people, we need a rock bottom moment to like, give us that here's your fork in the road you can choose one path or the other and it sounds like that's what happened to you other people i feel like uh, and i think travis is more like this can can sense that they're heading in the wrong direction a little bit sooner than you know maybe you or i can because i did the same thing I, I had a rock bottom moment that turned my life around and the same thing started training people very oddly similar stories um so when you were turning your life around, when you decided to take that positive fork in the road, what was that like? Did you see, did you see your addictive tendencies start to sort of come to fruition in a more positive manner? That's a great question. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't definitely wasn't perfect right away. You know, I could definitely still feel myself being tempted to you know, do some of those things that I was doing or, or behave yeah. the way I was. And there was even a, there was even a time when I, you know, I thought I was okay to, 
to go out and found out that I, it was not, you know, it was not a good idea for me to be doing that. So, it, you know, I was definitely, I was trending in the right direction, right? It wasn't like a straight line going, going up, but um, you know, what was, what was huge for me was the opportunity that I had to start the actual gym, right? So getting that investor to support what I was doing to get an actual facility was like a, was a game changer for me because it, it gave me something else to completely focus on and put all my time and energy into uh, because we started this, you know, we started this business without any experience really. I mean, I was, a, I was right out of college. So I was a novice trainer. I had no sales experience, no marketing, no business acumen whatsoever. Right. So literally had to teach myself as much as I could in a very short amount of time to give it even the slightest bit of chance of making it. So I think that was the biggest thing for me was really having that to focus on and put all my energy into to keep me out of all that other yeah. stuff. That's super, super interesting. So do you feel like it was like you were in a bad place and then you had kind of an opportunity to do X and that's kind of what pulled you? Because I feel like a lot of people get stuck in this place where they're like, all right, you know, I'm going to start feeling better. And when I feel better, I'll do X. But I feel like a lot of the time, like you have to do X to start feeling better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, 100%. got to kind of start doing it while you feel like shit. And then having that like motivation is going to kind of pull you out of there in the right direction. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I, you know, having this, this opportunity and understanding, you know, how much all this stuff was going to cost. And, and this, this investor was a friend of, you know, my best friend who was just murdered a friend of their family. Right. So I really didn't want to let him down. And uh, you know, as, as I started getting into learning about business and marketing and sales and all this stuff, I realized, wow, I really don't, know anything <laughs> like where I mean, did you learn about it uh just honestly just research like researching people in the industry who were doing really well and figuring out what books they were reading who they were learning from uh really just trying not to reinvent the wheel right so i had to just try to learn from them as quickly as i could but yeah i mean i think that was <clears throat> that that was really it for me was taking those small actions because a big part of that was reading right so I started getting up in the morning every day, real early, never considered myself to be a morning person ever in my life. I, it was likely because I just wasn't, I didn't have a reason to get up, uh, wasn't excited or motivated for whatever it was that I, I was getting up for, but I started getting up at the same time every day, started reading every day. Um, and I could start to feel, you know, just my energy being spent in those areas just completely gave me more confidence. And I started feeling that momentum starting to build like, wow, if I learn these things, look at the impact I can make for other people. And, and that was, that just slowly started to snowball and uh, more of my energy was, was there. And I started getting addicted to that. Right. So, and, you know, addictive yeah. personality, you start getting addicted to those good feelings, you know, and, and that's really what it was for me. Yeah, do you feel like you good. got anything from school at all? Or do you feel like you were starting from zero? Like once you had that focus interest, you're like, Oh, now I'm like, go after and get this. Or do you feel like was there anything you got from school at all? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And <clears throat> so there's a couple of things. Number one, I realized, you know, being an athlete my whole life and going through high school and, and training, I thought I knew training. And I realized once I started getting into the actual curriculum of exercise science and physiology, how little I actually knew. So that was eye-opening to me. Uh, and then honestly, I think the most important thing I got from college was the connections and relationships uh, yeah. that I still, uh, to this day, am, am harboring, honestly. Um, I'm still very well connected with the college. 
so it still helps me to this day. And so that was easily the most important thing that I got from from college for sure. Uh, but then too, there was a there was a connection to my college with my investor, right? So there's all these little things that kind of came together. Uh, whereas if I, if I if I didn't go to you know the college I went to, you know it may it may not have happened. Uh, so I think the less from the curriculum is is, is quality of a exercise science program as they have over there. It's it's literally just the the foundation. It, it, I think it's just a filter, um, you know, for people in in this industry to, you know, honestly, it's and it's more for people who are going to be hired at like a college institution or um, some other type of professional organization. Because the interesting thing about the fitness industry, as you guys know, like there's no regulations. There's no you don't need a license. Like anyone can do it. And there's you know, there's 20 year old kids making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year with no education at all for in the, in the fitness field right now, just online, you know? And, and so it's, it's really interesting, but yeah, without the connections I made uh, from North central, I definitely, I don't know if I'd be where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's the the common theme. Cause I went to school, I was, <clears throat> I was a business major. And if I had known then what I know now about myself and what I was going to do and wanted to do and what I was really passionate about, I would have gone for like exercise science, maybe have gone to school for physical therapy, something like that. But like you said, we're in an unregulated industry. So who knows how much different it would be. Um, I've definitely learned more about building my business since being in college than I have while being in college. Oh, easily. I read more in that that my first year after graduating, I, I and this is no exaggeration, I read more books my first year after graduating college than I did in my entire life of all my <laughs> education combined. Not even close. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't think I, I read a book like all throughout my entire, like finished, like from start to finish. I don't think I read one book like throughout any of my education. Yeah. So, Same. yeah. So, so I have a question about your, you were saying how you became addicted to like the quote unquote good things, like the building of your business and the good feelings that you were able to uh, generate from these positive changes that you were making in your life. I sort of operate myself and in a way that I notice I, my addictive personality, it doesn't leave. It doesn't go away. Like, you know, they say like once an addict, always an addict kind of thing. And so I found myself getting caught up in, I was literally addicted to building my business or I was literally addicted to the gym. Like I was addicted to these other things that most people are like, Oh wow. Like you're, you grind all the time. You're a health, uh, a super healthy person. And there can be an unhealthy relationship with those things. Did you notice that start to creep in? Did you have to put a, uh, like a, uh, like put the brakes on it at any point? hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, because I mean, had I been by myself, maybe that would have been okay, but mm -hmm. I had a relationship and that relationship yeah. was what saved my life essentially. So I started, you know, it, and, and it's a learning process, right? It's like when you're starting a business, you don't know what you're doing. You're, you're, it's like having a baby. It really is. Um, you know, you want what's best for, for the baby and you think you've got to pour all this energy into it, but you also have these other relationships that are even more important, right? So my relationship with my wife, we have a son right now. Um, he's almost two years old. Our, my wife and I, our relationship is the most important thing more so yeah. than our son, because if our relationship is no good, that's going to 
throw off the trajectory of his life moving forward. Right. So it's like, that was out of balance for me, you know, early on partially, I mean, we had no choice. I mean, we, we put ourselves in a position without any education experience. We, we had no idea what we signed ourselves up for. Right. So in a certain respect, we had no choice in the beginning. It was completely out of balance, but even to this day, I have to make sure that, and this is why I have kind of, some would call it kind of a little bit of an extreme routine in terms of when I get up in the morning, but because of everything I've learned and how important my relationship is with my wife, I get up really, really early in the morning so that I can have all of my stuff done before they're, they're even up and awake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I can just be with them and not be preoccupied with, you know, how it is. All those things start adding up and you're like, man, I got to do all this. And I want to do all this, which is a good thing. But you also have to be able to, you know, allocate that time to to what's the most important. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's hard for sure. So what what would some metrics be like? How how should we self assess this sort of thing? You know, like because I know, especially for guys like us, we will often only recognize that we need to make a change after. Like it's probably been apparent to a bunch of other people. They're like, dude, you need to take a freaking break. Um, so what what strategies do you use to make sure that you're aware of the time that you're giving to every different part of your life, your body, your balance, your business, your relationships, all that sort of thing? For sure. You know, I think it's interesting because you can use the analogy with with fitness, right? It's like a lot of people get into fitness and they kind of they go too hard, too fast, right? Because they they just want to fix it right away. When the better strategy is to, you know, just stay consistent. You're not going to solve this overnight. Consistency trumps intensity every time, right? Because if you go 100% for three weeks, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get sick. You're going to want to quit. And then you won't do anything for however long, right? It's the same thing with our routines with business. We have to come up with a consistent routine that we can stick with every single day rather than going boom or bust, right? It's like, all right, I'm going to go hard for two months and then I'm not going to even want to look at it for a month. And it's like, how much did I really accomplish at that point, right? So if you can instead come up with a good strategy that you can implement every single day, literally for me, it's seven days a week, which is amazing. It's not like, you know, maybe I don't get to spend eight hours a day you know, working on what it is that I want to work on, but I'm spending three hours a day, seven days a week before anyone's even awake. Right. So it's like, it's a, it's an amazing thing. I found a good routine that I can stick with consistently. And I think that's the the most important thing is just find, find the time throughout the day where you can do something every single day to work on what it is that you want to work on. Because the reality is addictive personalities like us, like you can't just turn it off. You, you can't just not do it. Right. So it's like, all right, well, how how can I make this happen so that I can do it every day and also fit in all the other things that I need to without burning myself out? So that's, yeah. you know, that's really it uh, for me. That's what works for me. Uh, and, you know, everyone's different. But for me, it's getting up stupid early, spending three hours before anyone's awake and, and getting it done. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I feel like a lot of times if you don't have structure or routine built into your schedule like that, um, I know for me... I can kind of feel like I'm thinking of like our, our our golden retriever. It's like all of your attention is over here and you're like only focused on this one thing. And then all of a sudden you get distracted and now you're over here and there's, there's no structure mm-hmm. around it. And you're just kind of like doing whatever you think you could do a hundred percent whenever you think you should be doing it. And you're not paying attention to the other parts of your life 
that need attention. So if you yep. can build some structure into it, I think that's that's helpful. Like you said, slow and steady. It doesn't need to be, you know, anything significant, but maybe just like ha- like self assess and have an honest conversation with yourself about where your attention should be and how much attention you should and can give your relationship, your business, yourself, an important one, um, and the other yeah. parts of your life. My wife has helped me out with this so much, but one of my bi- biggest weaknesses is organization. And my Same. wife, <laughs> Same. She's, like, she's an organizational <laughs> wizard. It's She's like Harry Potter. It's crazy. I'm, <laughs> I've gotten a lot better in the last couple of years, but I, I think I'm still at like my wife's first grade level of, of organization, which is Same. still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, so I literally, like I've had to create like a, an itemized list for me that I have to go through every day. Otherwise I'm exactly yeah. like what you just said. I'm just like shiny out, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, it's like, you're going all over the place. And so I have to, <laughs> I have this numbered list. I have to go through in order. Um, otherwise I'm going to be all over the place and I won't get anything done. So that's just an, uh, another thing that's been huge, huge for me. I even do have you- to do that when I'm not working. Like if I'm on vacation, yeah. it's like, Oh, we were going to go get coffee at this place. And then I was going to go surfing or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like if I don't do even just that, I, like I, I only have a couple of them if I'm on vacation and they're fun, but you know, I, yeah, that's just the way I am. Do so you, do, Steve, do you structure your list? Like, is there an order of importance? Or you just like write shit down. There is because the, the problem is, you know, I get so, and I'm sure you guys can relate, like, you know, we're constantly learning because we want to, we're, we're constantly trying to grow and improve things and, and make experiences better for everyone around us. And so the downside of that is like, it can get you so off track and kind of off focus of what, what it is that you're really trying to do. Right. So, um, so for me, it has to be completely specific. And if there's something new that I learn, I ha- it has to go to the bottom of the list uh, because I have to get all my priorities done first, then anything new and extra. Once I have everything else done, that's when I can, can look at like kind of the new shiny stuff. Um, otherwise my priorities won't get done. The stuff that you have to do, you know, the stuff that's not as exciting and fun, uh, but the stuff that adds up, right? If you don't do it, it just adds to that anxiety that you have the, all the looming stuff throughout the rest of the day. So mm-hmm force myself to do all that stuff first, get it out of the way so that I can kind of clear my head and actually be focused and present. Uh, Cause one of my things on my list is reading, right? But I can't read in the morning if I know that I have, yeah. you know, eight yeah. emails that members have sent that I need to respond to, uh, to make sure that everything is squared away with them first. Cause I'm gonna be thinking about that while I'm reading. And then I don't I have no idea what I just read. Yeah. You know? So dude, yeah. that's a crazy thing. Cause I feel like 90% maybe, you know, 80 to 90% easily of like all my anxiety is just like, is like, um, things that I know I should be doing that I'm not doing. And it's like, maybe I just like physically don't even have the energy or time to do them, but like, that's where it comes from. Um, you know, and so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's, it's hard because it's like there's so many different things to do in so many different like categories. You know what I mean? And it's like, sometimes it's hard to even know what the priority should be right now. Yeah. Yeah there's a, it's like that meme that's been going around about, <clears throat> it's like, can someone please tell my body that my fight or flight response is supposed to be running from tigers, not answering <laughs> yeah. emails. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, Steve, yeah. do you use any, like, for you, you have a, you have a, uh, like a structure to your day. Do you use any tools? Like, do you have a, 
like a certain calendar that you use or like, do you, are you just a notepad? Literally, I just have a word document that it's just labeled. It's like one through 22. <laughs> That's it. It's nothing fancy. It's just like, do this, then do this, then do that. And then sometimes like, I don't have like, there isn't like a number four or whatever. So I just skip down to the next one. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's been so important because going back to kind of like that shiny new exciting thing or whatever it is that you really want to be working on. Let's say I woke up in the morning and just got right into that. Right. And then didn't do the, the emails and solved any issues that need to be solved. Yeah. Even when you do the thing that you love to do that shiny object or whatever it is, and you let those other things go, you still feel like crap later, even yeah. though you've done the thing that you really love to do or wanted to do because they're still lingering there. So it's like, mm-hmm. Once I realize I'm like, man, even though I hate, like, I just don't want to be doing this right now, or I'm really excited about working on this, I have to do this first. Otherwise, I'm still going to feel like crap later if I don't, you know? So yeah. That, that was, yeah. And key. then at the same time, if you spend your entire day just doing the, like working in the business and answering the emails and doing those normal things that you normally have to do every day, especially if you just let them pile up and you spend a whole day just doing those things that don't really feel like they get you anywhere y'all you still feel like shit at the end of the day yeah yep there's yeah you need a balance (laughs) yeah so i think that's where your strategy of like have like the slow and steady strategy and structure to your days and your weeks of okay if i do like if i'm responsive and timely and answering my emails and the messages and i get that done the first thing every morning then i have you know, an hour of deep work to do the stuff that I really care about and I'm excited about that's going to propel my business forward. We just do that every day. Then we're never going to like split it up in that way that makes us feel like shit of we only worked on the things that we enjoy and we didn't get to the emails or the messages or we only worked on the emails and the messages. We didn't get to the things we enjoy. And if maybe that's a way that you, like somebody who's listening does work better like by splitting your week up and having days where you only answer emails and days where you only work on the stuff that's really Mm -hmm. exciting important maybe that works for you but i think the most important piece of this conversation is like you got to figure out what works best for you yeah these are just ideas this is just what works for us uh and i think that conversation can be valuable because sometimes people you know i know for myself i gotta hear what other people are doing and see what works for them so i can try things so yeah I think that's been super helpful and, you know, definitely something that I'm going to continue to facilitate, to work into my schedule is like getting those, those mindless tasks out of the way first thing. Cause same with Travis, dude, if I don't do that right away, my anxiety just elevates throughout the day. Cause I know I still have to do it. And I'm, and, and now I'm like almost projecting. Cause I, I think they're waiting to get back to me. And there's this false expectation that I've set for myself that I haven't communicated with them about. They're going to be mad at me if I don't get back to them right away. So, yeah, and once you delay it one time, then you just like, you're like, then you yeah. just delay it. Then it's like all of a sudden it's days later. And this like thing that needed to get done days ago, just didn't for whatever yeah. reason. It's like, yeah, I think that's, that's, that is like important is having like at least uh, you know, I don't know, a handful of like the urgent shit that you need to get done. Even if it sucks, just get that done immediately in your yeah. day. And then not even if the rest of your day is like chill, it's fine. Yeah. But not necessarily right when it comes in. Cause you might be the same way as me, right. Trav, where yeah. like the email comes in and you're like doing something else and you see the notification and you're like, Oh shit, I got to get to that. And yeah. now you're distracted from this other thing. So like time blocking. Yeah. 
I think and be like, okay, I got, this is, I'm doing my emails now. And if more come in, I'll get to them later or tomorrow. Right. So true. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on like the type of thing. So like for me, almost everything I do is like task oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have like, I don't really have a thing like answering messages from clients, for instance. Um, Like, obviously I do that, but it's a little bit different because it's like, you know, which ones are pro like, you know, sometimes I need to like write up notes for a project. And so they're kind of like diff- different. Um, so I feel like, yeah, like for me, I'll, I'll have kind of like four or five urgent tasks that I need to get done. Um, and that's kind of how I block things up. But if you're, yeah, if you do have something like you've got a bunch of clients where like, they're just checking in, asking things like you've got to, I, th- I feel like you have to do like the time block type of yeah. thing where it's like, I'm going to answer everything I can within an hour. And then I move on to the next thing. Yeah. And Steve, you do like, you said your list is one through 22. Why is it one through 22? How do you, how'd you get that? Well, it's just it, literally just all, I started off making just kind of one big, just getting it all out of my head. Right. So uh-huh. it's like all the, ta- everything, all my responsibilities every single day in all areas. Right. So not just things at our gym or, you know, other things that I'm trying to do outside of the gym, but you know, my workouts, uh, at literally every single responsibility that I have, I have to have it in front of me. I don't know what it is about me personally, whereas like, if I don't see it, it's not going to happen just how I am. Uh, so, you know, some people can keep it, on top of mind, it's just not the case for me. Good for those people. So I have, I literally have to see everything I have to do in front of me every day or I'll forget about it. It's kind of amazing. I don't know it. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, I think it's my ability to hyper-focus, which is good. Yeah. I was going to say for me, it's an ADHD thing, but bad because you forget about everything else that you have to do. So out of sight, out of mind, that's really the the purpose for me is like, I have to see everything every day or else I'm going to just flat out forget about it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it turns, it's something like 22. I don't have a list in front of me, but it's about 22, uh, 22 important items a day. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. For me, it's, it's my ADHD. Like if it's out of sight, out of mind, like you could tell me something, if I don't write it down and put it in my phone and put it in my calendar, and put it everywhere I'm going to see it, I'm going to forget about it. And it's out of sight, out of mind. And that even goes as far as like, sometimes even just keeping in touch with like friends and family. Like sometimes I have to literally put that in my calendar because I'll like get so caught up. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I haven't talked to this person in so long. And I put it in my calendar. Yeah, or toilet paper. Shit like (laughs) Like, Like normal shit that is easy for a lot of people. It's also a lot of people struggle with it. So yeah, having a list makes a big difference. I like how this conversation turned into like things we struggled with to the struggles we endured building a business to now like how we're overcoming them in strategic ways as far as like the strategies that we use to be successful. Well, yeah, because it's 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 nothing mind blowing, right? It, it's so simple. It's just like it's being consistent. It's having a list. It's being organized. Like mm-hmm. that to me gives you a sense of control, which you can start to do like I have 22 items every day. Every single one of them is a small win that starts building yeah. momentum every single day. And like you do that consistently every day, like a year from now, even six months, whatever it is, whatever timeline from now, if you do that consistently, like you are going to be in a completely different place in all areas of your life. Like not just with work or whatever it is. It's like the the problem is like people want, you know, something shiny or exciting or something brand new to work on when the answer is like just the boring 
fundamentals that make the biggest difference. You know, it's just, just do it and, and it'll, it'll work. You just got to stay consistent with it. Yeah. Well, I think for me, because a lot of this stuff, and I, I, I'm sure a lot of people are like this because of a lot of this stuff is simple. Sometimes when you are in your bubble doing it, you start to feel stupid or like you're doing something wrong because <laughs> yeah. it's so simple. You're like, it's someone true. else has got to have a way, just same. way like better way of, of doing this. And then it's great to just talk to other, other people to hear like, oh yeah, they are pretty similar. Oh, here's maybe a few ways that I can improve or, you know, here's a new strategy or new this or new that. But um, yeah, it is kind of like the, the fundamentals are where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I think that's, I think that's a good place to wrap it up then. Like stay consistent, do the basics, do the boring work, just do it, just get it done. And sure. as long as you're consistent, you're going to be successful. You can use, use your, your struggles to your advantage. You can use your addictive personalities in our case to your advantage. And, um, you know, you can create something really uh, incredible from it. So Steve, I, I appreciate you sharing your story and coming on and having like a pretty, a really fun conversation with us about sure. how we all operate really well. Um, I know I'm, I'm going to want to follow you. I know our listeners are going to want to learn a little bit more about you, especially those of them in the Chicago area. So why don't you give yourself a plug, man? Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram, Facebook, a couple different places, uh, TikTok as well. Um, my name is interesting. So that's, it's always fun to try to pronounce my, my name. My name is Steve Lavick. It's spelled H L A V A C. The H is silent, which is tricky. Um, but on Instagram, I'm, I'm Steve Lavick 14, uh, on, uh, Facebook, you can just search Steve Lavick, but then you could also search for our gym. Our gym is in Naperville, uh, Illinois, which is about 35 minutes West of, of the city. Our gym is called beyond measure fitness training. And if you just search that on Instagram and Facebook, that'll pop up for you. Uh, so we're constantly giving out information every single day, you know, both at the gym and uh, for me personally, I'm trying to, you know, provide as much useful info as possible. So yeah, definitely be a benefit to to follow. Yeah, dude, I'm all about it. I, I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram right now and we'll throw the links in uh, the bio. So for those of you guys who are listening, who want to follow Steve, we'll throw the links down in uh, the description for this podcast, but thank you again, man. Uh, you, you've done some pretty incredible things and I, I think you should be pretty proud of how far you come because it's cool to hear stories like this and it aligns very well with what we're about. So I appreciate you, man. Of course, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was fun. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Thank you to everybody who's tuned into another episode. We'll see y'all next week.